life, uh, get focused on the things of God as a believer, uh, there is no more satisfying life than a life lived for Jesus. Like, there is an inward satisfaction you get there that you just can't get any other way. Uh, I remember, you know, there's a guy that stood up in um, a meeting years and years ago, and um, he uh, was at a meeting where they were talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Receiving the fullness of the Spirit. And this man disagreed with it, so he stood up. And he stood up to shout and disagree with what was going on. And the minister that was in charge, and he said, That's all right, brother, that's all right. No problem. You have all of the Holy Ghost you want, that's fine. He said, Well, I didn't say that. He said, No, it's fine. It's, you don't have to have any more. The Lord's not going to force you. You can have all of the Holy Spirit you want. And he's like, Whoa, 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 whoa. He came down. He said, Lord, just give him your fullness. And that man was filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. So sometimes people are just against something that their head thinks, but they're not against more of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's like you have a, you can drink a glass of water, or you can be so full of drinking water that you're, you're like, I'm overflowing. I have more than enough. Well, that's kind of like a type of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, uh I was born again for many years before I was filled with the Spirit. I was filled with the Spirit at about age 21. And, uh, you know, I didn't know what to say about it. But uh, when somebody asked me, would you like to be filled with the Spirit? Would like me to pray for you to be filled with the Spirit? And then uh, I said, well, I said, I don't know. I just feel like I'm in church and I need to go to the altar. And I said, oh, yes, I would like to be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because by my own words, out of my own mouth, I said, that's the Spirit of the Lord drawing me right now to do this. Why? Because you're baptized in the same Spirit that you're filled with. It's not a different Holy Spirit. He's the same one. You're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. He recreates you in Christ Jesus. He's the one that does it. And so what? He is a divine person. So the same way you could become familiar with anybody else that's here and get to know them you can get to know God. Hallelujah. Amen. We believe that Iran is coming into the kingdom and the gospel will be preached in Iran. And that the enemy who's tried to dominate Iran will no longer be able to dominate and the gospel will be preached in Iran. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But man, you want to be sold out for God and you're not filled with the Holy Ghost. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Just the Lord, I'm all in. Cornelius, actually, I said that during the offering. He, his whole house was even filled with the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. I mean, it shocks me how much my giving actually affects my heart towards the Lord. That you lack a boldness for the things of God, you know. I'll get back to the offering message, but you sow a seed. It'll make you bold. But if you sow a $5 seed and you really feel in your heart you should show, sow a $500 seed, it's not going to make you bold. It's actually going to make you sin conscious and, you know, unrighteous conscious because you're like, that didn't, that didn't, that was not the sweet spot. That was not what the Lord was directing me to do. Well, you just don't cry over it. You just do what he's directing you to do. Same thing, you, the Lord says, I want you to say this to so-and-so. I want you to talk to them about me. Well, you don't do it and you just feel like, oh, oh I should have done that. I should have done that. Well, you just go and do it. If you still can, there's still opportunity. If not, you just say, Lord, forgive me. I should have done it. And you move on. Don't live in the regret.
Praise the Lord. Well, this beginning of the year, I mean, you ought to give like you've never given before. You just set the atmosphere through your giving. Well, not just through your giving. You ought to get in the Word, eat the Word, feed on the Word like you've never fed on the Word before. Well, not just that, but a successful prayer life comes through feeding on the Word. In other words, Jesus said in John 15, 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask whatever you want, and it'll be done. Imagine that. Think about that. Let that sink down on the inside of you. That Jesus, the creator of all things, said, If you live in me and my words live in you, you can ask for anything. And it'll be done. Anything. He didn't say most things. He said anything. You're living in him and his words living in you. So uh, this year as we started out, I mean, let's humble ourselves and pray. Humble ourselves and seek the face of God. I don't know if you have uh, sensed it in your spirit or not, but if you look to your spirit, I think you would notice that there has been a shift in the supernatural realm. I noticed it about January 2nd, and I thought, whoa, what was that? We were driving back from our meeting this week, and I said, Evie and I were talking, and uh, I said something to her about that, and she said, she said, Daddy, I noticed the same thing. She said, she said, there is like something big has happened, something so different. And I said, yeah. I said, I didn't realize that she had, she had sensed it, you know. And she said, yeah, there's something so different. So it's uh, in the world, the days will get darker and darker, but in the church, things get brighter and brighter. There's more glory. So when you start to get discouraged because you see how bad things are getting in the world, lift up your heads, Jesus said, and rejoice. Your redemption's drawing near. And not only that, I mean, the, the, these latter days are greater than the former days. And so we're, we're in the middle of amazing things that God is doing in the earth. But you know, you can be in the middle of that and be so conscious of other things, so drawn after other things, other things getting your attention. Never hear from God. The word says, be still and know that I am God. You ever notice you let pressures come in and all these other distractions and you're doing this, you're doing that? It seems like the Lord gets more and more distant. He doesn't, but it feels that way. It seems that way. Why? Well, your focus is not on him. You got too many things. These things are pushing you. These things are driving you. These things are making your decisions. Anybody know how to make a budget? Why to make a budget? So you decide where your money goes, not your money deciding where it goes. Right, just haphazard. Well, you sit down to make a budget because you want to have some authority and some decision of where these things end up. So you make a pre-decision before you're in the situation. Well, you make a pre-decision to serve the Lord. So I want to look at a few scriptures um, concerning the latter rain here in just a second. I want to tell you a few things about prayer. Somebody said, praise is the highest type of prayer. 
that praise is the highest type of prayer. Well, I should probably back up. That prayer, uh, man, <laughs> I heard my father in the faith Kenneth Hagin say this so many times, pretty much every time we talk about prayer. He said, you know, the main thing is the biggest problem with prayer is we take prayer, put it in one sack, shake it up, pour it out, and say prayer is prayer. That's prayer. Every kind of prayer is the same. Every kind of prayer is not the same. That's why people get confused. Because every prayer is not the same. Do you remember when Jesus was in the garden? It says he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. And he said, Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Well, some people get confused and they say, well, that's, that's how you're praying. That's how Jesus prayed, so that's how I'm going to pray. So you say, Lord, if it be your will, let this sickness pass from me. Well, that's not a scriptural prayer. They took the rules that govern the prayer of consecrating yourself to God, dedicating yourself to God, and they tried to do it to the prayer of faith, to receive something from God. Well, faith comes from hearing what God said. If you hear what God said concerning healing, you can't possibly pray that prayer in faith. Well, somebody said, well, I never heard it. I never knew it. Yeah, well, uh, unbelief comes from a lack of knowledge or an unwilling to be persuaded by what you have heard. Like, in other words, you've heard it, but you chose not to believe it. Or you just never heard it before. I grew up for years and never heard. I thought I knew God could do anything, so he could heal you if he wanted to, but I didn't know he actually wanted to heal you every time, that he wanted you to live in divine health. Well, when I found that out, then it changed how I prayed, how I thought. So many types of prayer, but praise is, somebody said, the highest type of prayer. You see praise in the prayer uh, in uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 24. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. What would you do if you believe you received it? Well, thank you, Lord, that it's mine. I want to thank you like that lady I talk about in the wheelchair. You know, before, before Kenneth Hagin let her get up out of that chair, he said, did you know you are healed? She said, I am. He said, yeah, it says it right here. She said, you're right, I am. He said, I want you to begin to praise the Lord because you are healed. She hadn't moved out of that chair an inch, hadn't lifted anything that was paralyzed before. So she said, she said, Lord, I thank you so much for healing me. You know how tired I got of sitting in this chair all these years that being stuck to this chair, I'm so glad I'm healed. What did he do? He got her words before her body movement. He said, now get up and walk in the name of Jesus. She got up out of that wheelchair and just walked off. She was praying to God. Praise is the highest type of prayer. So you come to minister to somebody for healing and somebody say, you don't, you don't pray for people to be healed? Well, I am totally relying upon the Lord, so I'm in constant fellowship with God, so I'm praying. I come where somebody's dead or dying, I tell you, I'm praying because I want to know, Lord, what words do I speak? Because it is your words birthed from your heavenly kingdom that bring your life. Well, that sounds a lot like John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it will be done. Why? Well, did you know healing belongs to every child of God? It is theirs. If you're born again... Healing is your possession. It belongs to you. 
Now, you may have never gone to the bank and withdrawn it, but it is yours. So you're in a little different condition than the world. So sometimes believers don't get healed because they don't, there's something hindering them from receiving what belongs to them. Uh, one of the greatest things is Mark eleven twenty five. 25, when you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone. Why? Unforgiveness will block the power of God in your life and what belongs to you, you will not possess it. I remember, can I think and say, he laid hands on this one person that came up for healing, laid hands on him. And he said, as soon as I laid hands on him, I, I heard this word from the Lord. You need to forgive your brother. So he said, is there something about somebody you need to forgive? And she said, well, yeah. She's like, I've been in unforgiveness with my brother for 18 years. We haven't talked to each other. He said, well, I love how he said it. He said, you know, the Lord will heal you on credit. You forgive him? She said, I'll forgive him. She was instantly healed right there. Went home, wrote him a letter, and he said, man, I've been meaning to contact you. I was wrong. She said, no, I was wrong. The men to the relationship. But, you know, healing actually belonged to her, but she was not in position to receive it, even though it was hers, because unforgiveness blocked the flow of God. You know, Jesus said right after that, actually, he said, if you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. That's a bold statement. We don't preach on that a lot. That's what Jesus said. He also said, freely you have received, freely give. I like what Smith Wigglesworth said. He was a plumber first before he was a full-time minister. He's a plumber. He's in this woman's house, and he witnessed to her about the Lord. And, you know, he, uh, she got born again, and she's like, this is wonderful. You get born again, your spirit changes. You're brand new on the inside. She said, this is so wonderful. What do I have to do to keep this? I don't ever want this to go. And he said, that's the thing about it. He said, the only way to keep this is you have to give it away. He said, I notice you have a ladies Bible study here. You need to tell them what the Lord has done for you. Things in the kingdom are supposed to get stagnant. You talk about, you know, I love to preaching on 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9. Chapter 9, what oh, is it, uh, verse 8, I think, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 says that he uh, will, that you be sufficient in all things and be able to give into every good work. In other words, there's supposed to be a flow in your giving, that things flow out of you, but when things flow out of you as a seed, things come back to you as a supply. He's not trying to get you to give yourself broke. He's trying to get you to give yourself blessed. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Well, how can you keep giving and giving and giving? By sowing seed? Because then you'll have more seed. He gives seed to the sower. He'll multiply your seed sown. That's why when you give, you're like, this is a seed. In other words, this thing has power in it. This is going to bless people when this goes into the kingdom, and this is going to come back multiplied to me, and there's going to be more where that came from. You know you're not believing God and you're giving when you're concerned like, what am I going to do without this? That this is never coming back for me. That does not leave your life. Uh, Philippians says that your giving comes up as a, a, a fragrance to God himself. Whew! Think about that. A sweet-smelling aroma. He says, oh, they gave again. So praise is the highest type of prayer. 
Prayer is fellowshipping with our Heavenly Father. Prayer is where most people think prayer is. Prayer is our need crying out for help. Like, in other words, you're requesting, Father, I need help. I need you in this situation. That's what most people lump prayer into. That's like, Lord, help! You know, I think we better pray. It's come to this, we better pray. You know what? I got a little sniffle. I got a little this. Oh, I'm going to vomit. I better pray. You should have prayed like resist the devil at his very onset, Peter said. Like the, the first hint of anything. In fact, you ought to just wake up in the morning and say, sickness and disease has no place in my body. I am a child of the living God. Jesus himself, by his own stripes, he took this off of me. And he took it off of me as perfectly as God himself could take anything off of anyone. So in other words, he did a perfect job. It does not belong to me. It belongs to the devil. You take your stuff and you get out of here. Healing is the children's bread. I'm eating my healing. God is my father. He takes care of me. He takes care of me in, in every facet, every arena. He provides for me. He has already provided. We said it last week, Psalm 23. He has prepared a table before me. Say that. He has prepared, he has prepared. a table before me. God has prepared me a table to eat in the presence of my enemies. Praise the Lord. Man, God is so good. He inspired the psalmist to write that. Thousands of years before, Peter wrote, by whose stripes you were healed. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I think it's Weymouth says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. If he really is your shepherd, this changes everything. You're the sheep of his pasture. He's watching out for you. Do you know he knows where the greener pasture is? He knows what your stomach needs to eat, the real you. He, he knows how to feed you. If you get like a tick or a bug or a bite, he knows how to mend that wound. You get nappy hair, he knows how to fix your nappy hair. You mess up and get yourself stuck in thorns. He knows how to extract you from the thorns. He is your shepherd. He leads you beside the still waters. A life of peace and quietness that you're right beside the water. He restores your soul. Surely goodness and mercy, goodness and mercy. I love that song, The Goodness of God, that they wrote at Bethel. Man, I have lived in the goodness of God. Surely goodness. So God is good. Everything he does is good. Psalm 119, I think it's verse 63. You are good and everything you do is good. He is good and his mercy endures forever. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Why don't you confess that next time you mess up? Goodness and mercy follow me every day. Every day of my life I've got the mercy of God. In fact, his mercies are new every morning. Because the devil tells tell you, you just messed up yesterday. You did the same thing. You say, yeah, 
But don't just keep your mouth shut. Don't just go by what you feel like. You speak the word. Why? Because the word brings God on the scene. He watches over his words to perform them. You say, yeah, but my God is full of mercy and his mercies are new every day. And this is a new day. So there's new mercies, new help, new strength, new ability, new power, new revelation. Woo! Hallelujah. Prayer is a spiritual exercise. In other words, you're exercising your spirit. Prayer is taking your, your place in the body of Christ, fellowshipping with your Father, carrying out His will on the earth, joining forces with God. It's not, you know, I got this from Kenneth Hagin, who Kenneth Hagin and E.W. Kenyon kind of put these together. Prayer is not only getting into His presence, but prayer is walking and living in His presence. You ever see where Paul said, pray continually? That you continually pray? pray? In other words, you live from that place of the presence of God. We're, we're carriers of his presence and of his glory. First Corinthians 6:17, "But he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. We become one spirit with him. We live and we dwell, or should live and dwell in the presence of God. And if you're a man or a woman of prayer, you will live and dwell in the presence of God. So in other words, some people say, "Hey, do you need to pray about that?" I say, "No, I don't need to pray about that because I am fellowshipping constantly with the Lord. So I know I'll look to my spirit and I'll sometimes, sometimes I do need to pray about it. Other times I'll know immediately, yes or no. They say, you need to pray about it? No, not really. Why? Because I endeavor just to live in fellowship with the Lord. Hallelujah. Zechariah chapter 10, verse 1, Ask you of the Lord rain in the times of the latter rain. Amplified says, Ask of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain, so the Lord will make bright clouds and give you showers of rain to everyone grass in the field. Isaiah 45, 8. Let, let fall in showers, you heavens from above, and let the skies rain down righteousness, the pure spiritual heaven-born possibilities that have their foundation in the holy being of God. Let earth open and let them, the skies and the earth, sprout forth salvation, and let righteousness germinate and spring up as plants do together. I, the Lord, have created it. Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Uh, it shall not return unto me void, without producing any effect, useless. It shall accomplish that which I please, and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. In other words, when God sends his word, it prospers in the thing. What does prosper mean? It means come to the top. It just comes to the top. 
You, you receive his word concerning health in your body. You receive his word concerning revelation knowledge. You receive his words concerning freedom from the enemy. You're going to come to the top. You're going to mature. You're going to be right on top. In fact, we're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. We're not stuck down below, unable, beaten down. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, Pastor Mark and Trina, uh, Pastor Trina has a, he bought her a grand piano years ago. Uh, she loves to worship the Lord and We've been with them in their house. So you just come and come. It's in the living room. You come around and we just, you know, people hanging out. We just come around. We just start worshiping the Lord. She's playing the piano, singing. And uh, right after he bought that piano, he said um, he went to the house from the ministry and uh, he didn't pay attention to his front yard. Uh, they have a, like, driveway it kind of diverges like that and so he didn't notice that there was a truck out front so he walked into his house and as he's walking in he heard the piano playing this beautiful classical music and he's like whoa Trina has been taking lessons <laughs> he walks in and some guy at the piano and he said I don't know just maybe a man thing came over me I'm like what are you doing in my house playing the piano. He's like, I'm tuning it. He said, oh, my wife called you? He said, yeah. He's like, oh, okay, okay. You know, like, what's some strange man doing in my house? So he got to talking to this guy, the piano tuner, and the piano tuner said, this has such a beautiful sound, this piano. This, this is a very nice grand piano. And he said, you know, why some of them cost more and some of them cost less. He said, it's, it's the wood that they use. And he said, you know, he said, on the, the best pianos, they use the wood from the very top of the trees because that wood has had to withstand all of the weather and the beating and the drenching and the scorching sun. He said, because of that, it grows in more layers for protection. And he said, really, if you want to find some of the best wood for pianos, he said, you'll get the wood from the top that's on the north side of the tree. And he said, if you want to get even better wood, you get it from the trees that are at the top of the mountain on the north side of the mountain. Because those take the most beating. He said, then when you take that wood and they get it and they, they carve it up, you take it and you get that wood to begin to sing when they heat it up to dry it to use it. He said, oh, no, excuse me, I'm, I'm doing two illustrations. So this, this wood has been most weathered and it produces the best sound. 
because of what it has been through. Well, you find a believer who has trusted God and been through the battle and been through the storm, you'll find someone that produces the best sound. He told us, he said, there's a guy that was beaten and imprisoned for the gospel. He was at a minister's conference. He was in prison for like seven to nine years. And everyone at that conference said, we want to hear from this man. We want to hear from someone who has been tested and tried and still refused to deny Christ. Why? Well, those battles that you get on the north side of the mountain, they affect you. James chapter 1, if you don't think this is biblical, James chapter 1, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Sometimes you may be thinking, what, 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 why is this happening? What's going on in my life? How come this is coming against me? Uh, what's happening? Oh, you're, you're just being prepared that you can actually have something to say that you, when you have been tested and tried, you may be perfect and entire, want nothing. Now, uh, the devil works and tries to say, well, that means that you should be tested and tried and you should, you should be after this. No, James says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. God does not, cannot be tempted and does not tempt. So those don't come from the Lord. It's the devil trying to steal, kill, and destroy you. But in the middle of that, you can turn to the Lord, and you get layer after layer after layer of protection that you become some of the most priceless wood that's used to make some of the most beautiful sounds for God. He'll protect you. He'll preserve you. He'll lift you up. He'll make a way where it seems like there is no way. But you have to turn to him. One of the greatest signs of pride is a refusal to pray. You say, I can handle it on my own. You're like a man trying to move furniture. Well, I'll just do it myself. You need some help? No. <laughs> You're like about ready to fall over. I got it. I got it. <laughs> and if you've lived a little longer, you maybe gain some humility and wisdom, and you're like, yeah, sure, come on. <laughs> Help me with that. What you know, like last week we were talking about carrying your cares. That's what you're doing. You're like trying to carry all these cares. You got them stacked so high, you got to balance them, and if you get one little thing off, everything comes tumbling down. Jesus paid the price for us to live free from cares. Free from worries. You say, don't you know you have those bills that are due? Oh, yeah, I know it. But I don't have a care about it. I don't have a care about it. I'm not taking, I'm not taking any care of it. I gave it to Jesus. I told him about it. I'm being diligent. I'm paying tithes, sowing seed, working hard, looking for opportunities. But I refuse to worry about it. It's not going to add one minute to your life. In fact, if you take all that time and you worry, it's actually going to steal things from your life, and it could steal your very life. Worry has killed many people. Worry opens the door to the enemy. Unforgiveness opens the door to the enemy. So, yeah, we believe and we know that Jesus has healed us. But sometimes we are sick because we're bitter and in unforgiveness, obstinate, arrogant. Well, humble yourself. You are anything anyhow. You haven't done anything anyhow. 
Paul said, what do you have that you have not received? So why do you glory like you're so amazing? I am not amazing. You are not amazing. Jesus is amazing. Paul said, I have determined among men to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Yet Paul was the one who had all of these degrees to his name. He had all of these experiences. He said, if anybody could boast, it would be me. But I count all this stuff like a bunch of crap. Did I say that? <laughs> Dung. <laughs> I was trying to do it in a passion translation, Jeremy. Right? I knew I was going to say it. No, he said, I, this is how I count it. I was running the other day, and man, we live by horses. And so I run on these little gravel roads, and a horse had actually left some dung for the sophisticated ones right there. And I thought, oh, I'm not going to step in that. But then there was this long strip like about this long. And I thought, is that a stick or whatever? I was trying to avoid this, this poop. And so I stepped right in this other one. It was diarrhea. Oh, and so it went like every direction. And I was like, Lord, what did I do? And it was wet outside, so I was trying to walk through every mud puddle and get that off my foot. But it didn't look like it. Have you ever done that? Like you're going through life and you're like, I am not going to do that. I am not going to do that. And all of a sudden... You step into something that you think looks just fine, and it splatters all over you. You just say, Lord, forgive me. I did not intend to do that. I had no idea that was going to happen. What? You just turn yourself to the Lord. He'll strengthen you. He'll help you. But prayer is fellowshipping with your Father. Prayer is living in constant communion with Him. If I'd have been in closer communion, I would have known that that was poop, probably. No. <laughs> not, 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 not stepped in. <sighs> I'd like to describe it more accurately to you, but that's okay, I won't. <clears throat> you know, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit falling like rain. In these days of the latter rain. Remember what Jesus said? He said, look at the fields. They're ripe already to harvest. Remember he said that? We came out here to pray about planting a church. And I'm like, I'm like uh, looking for a word from the Lord. Is this where we're supposed to come? So... You know, I'm not perfect. So I might have said something a little cynical as we pulled into town. So we stayed at the airport up by Dulles at a hotel up there. As right before we get off the highway to, to go over there, this is like five years ago, six years ago, something like that. And so we pulled in, and just Melody and I, somebody else had the kids, and I said, well, Lord, we're here. You know, kind of like. You know how you can get, like, too spiritual, like, I don't have to go to the place to pray. I could just pray where I'm at. Like, I can know here. Like, why do I have to go here? Well, there's biblical precedent for that. That's not subject. So I pulled it. And as soon as I said, well, over here, I saw one of these, like, 
banner signs that said, you asked for a sign, dash God. <laughs> like, sign God. <laughs> well, you might not know me that well, but I'm kind of like, oh, you know, not that the Lord can't use that. Obviously, he did to make me laugh, but, uh, you know, it's not really like a sign from God. But I believe that, that he had me say that right then just to kind of joke with me because the Lord has a sense of humor. And I'm like, okay, I get your point. Thank you very much. And so then we just prayed and, and all this stuff. And we get back, and, you know, I didn't hear anything clear from the Lord. And, but what I noticed was, man, there are a lot of people here. And there is a lot of people that don't know the Lord. So I got back home, and I was praying, reading the Word. All of a sudden, that scripture that Christ spoke just came alive to me. Then when he saw the multitudes scattered as sheep without a shepherd, had the compassion of the Lord, and he said, pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into his harvest. And that Lord witnessed with my spirit. That's actually how he came out to plant the church. On the inward witness, on that scripture. There's other things, you know, I've had other experiences, but I don't go by the experiences, I go by the inward witness. You know, I've seen things, different things like that. Jeremy, I want you to play that video real quick. So he said, pray for rain in the days of the latter rain. I just want you to see in the natural the effect that rain can have on seeds going forth. Violet flower seeds are crammed into a special pod. As the pod dries out, the pressure is intense. Eventually, something's got to give. So these are all seeds. They come to maturity, they actually shoot out of the plants. Touch me nots are even more highly sprung. Just one drop of rain. The slightest contact triggers a chain reaction. Seeds light up the sky like a fireworks display. Another dramatic display comes from this unassuming looking plant, the squirting cucumber. It only takes a tiny vibration and the cucumber starts a spectacular show. Isn't that amazing? Seeds disappear into the distance like rockets. Spreading new plants in every direction. The harvest is ripe. These are the last days. We pray the Lord of the harvest send forth labors into the harvest, and we pray for the latter rain. The Lord sent forth rain on dry land, and that rain caused things to sprout forth, seeds to go forth. He said, how can they hear unless someone be sent? How can they hear without a preacher? The only way to believe is if you hear. You have to hear. If you could just hear it, if you could just hear, people could just hear the gospel, they can receive. We believe Iran is opening up to the gospel. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand with me if you would. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you receive Him, it'll be the best day of your life. It'll be the day that everything changes. It'll be the day that all of your sins are wiped away. It'll be the day that you begin a brand new life in purity and holiness, just as pure, just as holy, just as righteous as Jesus Christ Himself is. When you receive uh, Jesus you receive a new life in Him, and you become one spirit with Him. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you'd like to receive Christ, just slip up your hand. I want to pray with you, and I want to pray for you. Number two, if you're here this morning, and you have uh, been living for the Lord in the past, but you are no longer living for the Lord, you've gotten out of, uh, you've walked away from the things of God, and you feel in your heart that you need to come back. You need to... Lift up your head and turn back into the kingdom. If that's you, slip up your hand. I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. It feels when you're in a backslidden state, you feel so far away from God, but that's a lie from the enemy. You're just one confession away from perfect communion with your Father. And number three, if you're here this morning, you've never been filled with the Spirit. Uh, I was born again for like 20, well not 20 years, it'll be like a, 17 years, 18 years before I was filled with the Spirit. And man, got filled with the Spirit. The Word of God came alive to me like never before. I had revelation before, but where I had one before, now I had 10. Where I had just a little, little glimmer of light, I had like a flood of light. You receive the Holy Ghost and fire. Get on fire for God. Jesus said, I came to set a fire on the earth. You get on fire for God. Hallelujah. Don't be filled with the Spirit. Slip up your hand. We'll pray with you and pray for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just sing that with Dave a little bit. Faithful you are. All your promises are yes and amen. Faithful you are. Promises are yes and amen. All your promises are yes and amen. Sing faithful, faithful you Dave continues to sing that just real quietly. I want you to um, just talk to the Lord about this year, 2020. It's a year of dreams and visions. It's a year of the fire of God. And just, just make your own commitment to the Lord for this year, 2020. Declare that you may be justified. You, you speak your word. At the beginning of every day, you ought to set the atmosphere. You ought to declare what the day is going to be. Beginning of this year, just declare what your year is going to be. 
I'm going to be, I'm going to be in the Word, feeding on the Word. I'm going to be in the presence of God, fellowship with Him. And from that place, I, I carry out His plans, His purposes, His glory. You get in the presence of God, it's not a sad place like, ooh, I've been in the presence of the Lord. It's full of joy, full of joy. It's a place full of joy. Hallelujah. So if you're not full of joy, you probably haven't been in the presence. But you get in the presence. I know when I get in the presence of God, I get full of joy. I get a, vision, a fresh vision for the lost. I get a fresh vision for uh, serving Him, uh, ministering for Him, yielding myself to Him. Hallelujah. Father, we come right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you. Thank you that we are alive today, that you have sustained us up till this point, and you continue to sustain our life all the days of our life, the number of days appointed for us, Father. We pray, Father, for 2020. I pray in the life of every person under the sound of my voice that your very best, that we come to the top. We come exactly smack dab in the center of your will for our lives, that we don't miss a thing. We turn away from past failures and faults. Father, we thank you for your mercy your mercies, that your mercies are new every morning. Father, we look forward to a great 2020, full of life, full of salvations, full of people being filled with your spirit and healed and set free. Father, we thank you for freedom, financial freedom, mental freedom. Father, I thank you that we will live and not die and declare your works and your word and help usher in the second coming of your son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.